Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me, as always, we have the people's mullet, Pado. Welcome, Pado. Yes. Hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Um, very, very tricky week or two in Supercoach, and we are here mm. to help people get through it. Um, we will get through it, ladies and gentlemen. Just, just hold tight. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say something really quickly. I was slack last week um, and accidentally kept Baker on field in my mids. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Cam McKenzie or whatever his name is, is on the fucking bench from Hawthorne. And they only got one point difference. Worked out all right. Well, well actually, it didn't because my my team um, was one point away from a milestone. So, anyway, um, we will go to the group winner, which was Jacob's, Jacob's team, which was the Sparklers, uh, getting 2,236 points there, Pato, in a fucking sexy round of carnage. Yeah, uh, the main point of difference here is uh, Jordan Dawson, who is slowly getting out of reach price-wise, Dano. But yeah, mm. um, Jordan, any Jordan Dawson owner will have a obviously big leg up in the last couple of weeks. He is averaging at lazy one twenty-four, but I'm sure we'll get to him later. But yeah, Nick Dacos owner, Bonton Pally, Clayton Oliver, nothing sort of out of the ordinary too much. Um, mm. But yeah, congratulations to Jacob on the the week win. He's got an overall rank of twenty-nine thousand. So. You certainly don't need to be in the top 10K to to get the chocolates on any given week because it's been a really weird start to the Supercoach year this year. Yep, yep. Um, we'll go straight into injuries and suspensions. And since we've made this list, um, some new news has come out. So anyway, Will Day um, did cop the two-match suspension, but he's appealing at Pado. Yep, the Hawks are appealing that. I kind of hope, and I know there's a lot of defensive carnage this week, which we'll get to, but mm. I hope he gets one week so everybody doesn't jump on because I jumped on Will Day last week. And I hope, because that is the logical trade-in option if you are a Doherty owner uh, rather than mm-hmm. going up, going down to Will Day and he'll all of a sudden be in fucking 40% of teams. So I kind of hope he gets one week, not two. And I can cover him for a week and I can keep a hold of him for the rest of the season because he's looking like a keeper. Yep, yep. Now, Toby Nankovis, syndesmosis, six weeks. Fuck this ruck line bullshit, Pato. Everyone that I've been bringing in has been getting injured and it's fucked up. So, yeah. Can you please stay away from Sean Darcy? That's all I ask, mate. Well, Tate. Avid listener Tate is also in the same boat as me. Whoever he trade, he keeps trading in the same people as me. Um, and so this week he's actually trading in Sean Darcy. So I'm going to avoid Sean Darcy and see which one of us is cursed. Um, but yeah, oh, he's Nankovis is out the six weeks. So um, Tom Lynch, um, what the fuck happened with his foot, Pato? Uh, he went off in the first quarter, I think it was, and it looked like he may be getting subbed off, but then came back on, obviously got a jab in the foot to get him through the game. And yeah, it came out that he has some sort of fracture in his foot. Um, Lynch and Nankervis both have gone in for surgery. So it's not going to be one of those cheeky Tom Stewart and Max Gorn things where they're back within a couple of weeks and everyone's cracking the shits because they traded them out. Um, They are absolutely going to be at least one to two months away. So 
It actually really helps Samson Ryan. He is locked into that team now. I know last week I did mention his job security wasn't 100%. Uh, he hasn't gone up too much in price, but he's still a uh-huh. trading target. But he could even be the number one ruck this week, Dano, which is scary as a Richmond fan. Yeah, I know. How much can fucking change in one week? Anyway, um, we've got Jared Witts here. Now, he did miss last round as a laid out. And I've got an update from Stuart Dew. Words from his mouth. We'll make a decision by the time we travel. He's still a bit sore. It's one of those things that's hard to put a timeline on. Alarm bells ringing there. He's been a bit sore all year and it's just managing that. We won't risk him. It's so open-ended, isn't it? Because we don't even mm. know what saw. We don't know whether he's carrying a knee, an ankle, a fucking a pinky. Like, what what saw, Dewey? Like, give us fucking something. Yeah. It's a bit anyway, annoying. Um, very annoying for owners. Um, the easy solution, and I did tweet this out over the weekend when the news came through, you can just have Ned Moyle on your bench and when Wits misses, Moyle jumps in. I think he got a 65 or so, which isn't horrible and you, and you hold your trade and it looks like it's a year where you are going to need your trades. Yeah, I don't. I, I didn't mind that at all. Some people didn't understand it. Like, yeah, but he won't make enough cash. I'm like, yeah, but he's a backup. So no matter what, you'll Correct. have a playing ruck. But Correct. If people Wits don't misses, understand that. You've got his backup. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter about the money. Most people have Madden R3 anyway. I know I do. He's not making any money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hayden Crozier um, got that back end concussion. So it's mandatory one week. No, they've come out and said that wasn't concussion. And obviously oh. that's helped with Tom Lynch get, they appealed his suspension, which was kind of funny. Um, and Tom Lynch got off because it was a back injury, not a concussion injury. So oh, yeah, everyone's so fucking confused about this rule. Dono. Even Rowan, Gary Rowan is appealing his uh, suspension who I feel like that was a worse tackle than Will Days, who got two weeks. So everyone's very confused. Um, I, I even think the MRO is confused as well. But anyway, yeah. hopefully Will Day gets off. Yeah. Now, Jack Bytel, fuck this shit. What, I don't even know what's going on with him now. Um, came on as sub, didn't he? But then something's wrong with his ankle? Super frustrating. I'm just going to see if there's an update on him um, as we talk here, but yeah, he was the sub, which made me really like, I don't want to wish for an injury, but I was kind of hoping for a very early um, Saints injury. So he could at least get three quarters of a game and get to sort of 50 or 60, but he was mm. unfortunately injured himself on 10 and he has killed all cash making capability. Um, he's listed as TBC as his estimated return, which is never good. And I didn't watch that game. Don't know, but yeah, um, doesn't bode well. So Oh, I was looking so good for two weeks, wasn't it, Dano? Yeah, yeah. He's just going to be a loop option for me right now, but fuck. Uh, hindsight, wonderful thing. You can't predict this shit. Anyway, just like you can't... Well, this one you kind of could have predicted at some point. Paddy McCartan. It sounds bad. Concussion. Um, Even talks of him retiring or even talks of a forced retirement from the AP, uh, AFL. I don't know, but the reason why we're talking about Paddy McCartan and... His brother Tom, who also got concussed, is that we could potentially see a debut from someone else. We may get confirmation that he exists, Dano. It could well be Will Gould season. And wouldn't that be a timely defensive debut? Because it is a catastrophe. Fuck COVID. The real yes. pandemic is the defensive line in round five, 2023, Dano. Like, yeah, it's yeah. bad. 
It's bad. Um, obviously, huge thoughts towards um, Paddy McCartan. That was really nasty. Um, and obviously, Tom also injured himself, but he doesn't have the history that his brother does. So I fear that it with with such an innocuous knock knocking him out, um, I would say Paddy McCartan misses a good chunk of footy this year. Um, they're going to surely err on the side of caution with him. I think Tom will only miss one week. But there's still a key position um, gap there, and I, I mean, it may go to um, Aaron Francis, who's been playing defence yep. in the BFL. But fuck, I hope it's real good. Yeah, yeah. And the last one we got on here is Maxi Gorn um, could actually come back a little bit sooner than first thought. Um, when you listen to Sen, it sounds like that he's in line for this week, and then when you listen to the club statements, it sounds like that he might be four weeks off. So we don't fucking know. Um, it's. I just want someone to come out and say, yes, he is going to be in line for this week. Or yes, he will I, be in line for next week. I read somewhere that he was doing sprints, Dano, um, yeah. this week at training. He's on Correct. the official injury report as one to two weeks. So I get the sense that he may be back next week, not this week. So if you did bring in Grundy, I mean, he's had two great weeks of scoring. So that'll make it, should make it three. He's got... Um, Someone shit this week. I can't remember who they've got. Essendon, was it? No. Yeah. Yeah, it Essendon. is Essendon. So, yeah. Um, that'll be a nice little juicy score there, but I, I, I can't help but think that Gorn might replace Van Ruin next week and create a little bit more carnage there. But yeah, definitely not as long as first diagnosed. So maybe it's a lesson that we should just hold on um, a week and just get some more info after a week of um, rehab on guys, yeah. unless they go training for surgery. So yeah, like um, the guy I haven't put on this because it came. Um, the news came out after I did this run report, uh, running sheet, don't I? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And that is Mr. Sam Doherty. Yes. So, Sam Doherty, what is it? Four weeks. Four to six. He's gone Four in for six, surgery. Yeah. So yeah, you got to fuck him off. You got to yeah. fuck him off. Um, if you hadn't already. And everyone was like, oh, when do we pull the trigger on Doherty? Well, now we've got confirmation we're going to have to pull the trigger. And it's frustrating as fuck. Um, especially if you had a, like, I know some people had a 50-50 choice between him and Dawson and went with Doherty because he looked so good in preseason. So I feel for you guys. I feel for you guys. But, yeah, we'll go. We'll, we'll talk about trading options um, just after waiting in the wings, which is now. Um, not too many waiting in the wings this week, Pato. Um so like some VFL teams didn't play because they were a game ahead and rah, rah, rah. But anyway, move on to the first one. And it's Toby McLean of the Western Bulldogs in the VFL. He clocked up 45 disposals of which 26 were handballs, seven marks, nine tackles, seven inside fifties, two rebound fifties. He even had two frees for and did not give a single free kick away. That is huge. The only problem is, Pato, is that... He was playing as a sole midfielder, which is what Bevo doesn't want him to do. So make of that as what what you will, but he'd be one that will probably come straight in. And then Bevo goes, here's your forward pocket. Do you reckon that's what they'll do, Pato? It hurts a lot because we know McLean's a really good midfielder, but he just can't crack that midfield. And yeah, he may well come in because that is a huge statement game, but like, what's the role he's going to play if... If someone like Trelaw is out, you're pretty you're pretty confident that you may get some mid minutes. But yeah, I just hope they don't move Bont forward. That would really fucking suck. I still think Bont can make it work, but anyway, um, 
my number one for this week to come in, I'd, he had his lowest disposal count in the VFL this week, Pato, and it was still 33 disposals. It's fucked up. And there might be, people might say, oh, yeah, there's some bias here, but it's Josh Faye of the Giants. He's fucking, he's got an average over the first three rounds of 35 disposals a game. He's absolutely tearing up that halfback line. He had this. This is his split for the fucking gap, the round just gone. Thirty three disposals, of which twenty seven were kicks. Pato, six handballs, eight marks, one tackle, and then we go into it, and he had eight rebound fifties, five inside fifties, and the funny thing is, he had zero freeze four and one free against, so he actually would have lost points based on that. But he's just been a little slut, and I. Th- I think it's time Kingsley just needs to fucking look. Like, shit's not working in defense um, with, like, you guys like Ash doing risky as fuck kicks and them not paying off. Um, Whitfield sounds weird, needs to move off that halfback flank, to be honest, and maybe move up to the winger or the half-forward role that he played at one stage because they're struggling to feed the ball into the forward line unless Toby Green's playing super high up the ground. So... Something for the Giants to consider, and Faye will be my number one that I would say would be waiting in the wings just for the sheer accumulation of ball he's been getting. And he's ridiculously fucking cheap in Supercoach too, so that helps. What are your thoughts on Faye? Do you, do you reckon that the Giants will pull the trigger and bring him in, or do you reckon they'll use him as a fucking sub or some shit, or not at all? So I, I think Leon Cameron was asked about this. Uh, not fucking Leon Cameron, Jesus. Kingsley. Adam Kingsley was um, asked about this and he said, look, he is having great... Oh, actually, no, it was a VFL coach said that he's making great decisions off halfback, but it's such a tough line to break into for the senior team because it is a real strength of the, the Giants. But What strength? Look, I feel like they have to change something because the results aren't um, really going well. So I hope he does come in again just because we need a defensive rookie. Um. But, so but, before yeah. before that last game was played, Pato, I don't know what they are now, but the Giants were number two in the AFL for high-risk kicks attempted. Whatever higher, <laughs> Geelong were number one, and both of them were losing games because they kept turning the ball over through stupid high-risk decisions. So instead of taking a, a basic 15, 20-meter kick down the line, they try and switch it up uh, horizontally through the corridor, get it chopped off, and then a goal was kicked something like that. Or yeah, they just try and switch through the corridor and it was just not working to get chopped off and then rebound, boom, goal against them. Shit like that. I think they, and and they got Lockie Ash driving that who has not been the greatest by foot and Lockie Whitfield hasn't been the greatest himself. So I think they need to look at that line. Um, On Kingsley though, one of the statements he made is he's happy with the key forwards that he's selected. Fuck off. Riccardi needs to go. Um, anyway, um, moving on, I'm going to mention him again. Charlie Constable, <laughs> 35 disposals, five marks, four inside fifties, two rebound fifties, one free four, zero frees against zero tackles though. I know he's not going to crack it into that, uh, Gold Coast Suns defense with what Powell and Weller playing really well and whatnot, but maybe he might get the sub. So if you've got him hold. Uh, but that's all I can really say on him. It's It sucks because dude is being a pig. I don't know what his disposal 
uh, efficiency was like, though. That's the only thing. Yeah, not sure. Yeah, good chat. Um, the last one, <laughs> the last one I've got is Bailey Laurie of the uh, fucking Melbourne Demons. He played for Casey on the weekend, easily BOG by country mile. 12 kicks, 23 handballs. So that's 35 disposals, five marks, six tackles, three inside 50s, Pato. The only problem is he's never going to crack into that Melbourne team. So these are the only real standouts from the weekend. I don't even think Sydney played because I think they were a game ahead, Pato. Um, or there might even be a game behind. So I can't really see Will Gould, whether Will Gould played because he's not there. Yeah. Yeah, they had a bye. Um, the yeah. only other thing is um, I saw this happen with someone, I can't remember who, but last week, Chinkotta didn't play for the Blues, VFL team. Correct. And neither did Cadman. Cadman didn't play either for the Giants. Correct. So I don't know whether that's team's ways of getting kids a week off before debuting. Um, obviously, with Doherty going out of that Blues team, there is a spot. Now, there is a rumour that Walsh will be back this week. So Correct. they'll either do two things. They'll just put Walsh in that wing role and move Cowan into defence, which actually really helps his scoring potential. Or they'll keep Cowan in the squad and they will bring Chinkotter in on uh, as well. And they'll both sort of share some defensive uh, role there. But um, hopefully, hopefully we get a couple of debutantes this week because we may need to go early on one or two. Yeah, and I've, I find it funny because two of the guys that I spoke about in Waiting in the Wings are actually two that you've got in the rookies to look at. So let's look at the rookies. So first one, Samson Ryan, 156K ruck forward, 19 break even. We're talking about him because Nank is down, Lynch is down. His job security was poor. Now it's really good and he could even be rucking because Soldo's not fit is he no he is one or two weeks away but he's coming off a back injury so yeah i can't imagine they'll rush him back in especially with the the injuries so i have a feeling they'll go with ryan and miller to share ruck duties this weekend yeah. uh we are only playing sydney who have laddams rucking so I, I reckon ryan could could probably do the job against him and i mean I, i'm not saying he's going to average 100 from here out while he's Solo rucking. He'll probably score similar to a Bailey Williams, um, where he'll sort of score 60 or 70 as that ruck. So, which for 156k rookie is actually going to really accelerate his price up. So, I think he's a decent trading option if you need the cash. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Now, we've got Jacob Van Ruin at 123k forward, minus 71 break even, um, a 71 average. Now, there have been talks by Melbourne that, um, Oh my god, former North takes an eternity to fucking do a run up. Ben Brown. Ben Brown is back. So there's talks that Ben Brown is back and couple that with Maxi Gorn. Wait, wait, wait. He's yeah. been playing. He's been their best forward. Oh, well, there you go. So they were talking about Ben Brown <laughs> or something. I don't fucking watch Melbourne too much. I know they're gonna it's, win. It's Tom McDonald who has been playing VFL. No, well Tom McDonald played on the weekend. I thought he played VFL. I'm pretty sure he played the AFL, man. Unless I was watching a VFL game. That would have been fucking... <laughs> actually, I might have been. <laughs> I did. I was watching Bay- Bailey Laurie actually slut it up. Hang on. I'm going to confirm the fuck out of this. Teams, lineups. Let's go. Live. This is this is live podcasting, people. Um, yeah, I think, I think you're right. I don't think you played um, VFL. 
Yeah, McDonald was, you fucking, you liar. So Ben Brown did not play. Tom McDonald did play. Oh, you fucking, you had me going there. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so Tom, uh, with Tom McDonald's playing. Ben Brown's looking to come back in. Maxi Gorn's looking to come back in. I don't, I don't like Jacob Van Ruin's job security, especially with Goodwin coming out and saying something along those lines that, yeah, he's a special kid, but we got Ben Brown coming back. So, mm, thoughts now that you know Ben Brown yeah. hasn't been playing. <laughs> he has been playing that backup ruck role as well, so I can't help but feel like he was just a stopgap for Max Gorn. So with the data that we had last week, he was looking good for, what, four to six weeks really, but but with this new news, I, I cannot advocate this pick at all. The break-even is great, but you cannot be trading in dead rookies at this time of year, especially if you've got guys like Bytel, um, if you're rolling with a, with a donut, Constable. Madden, um, Davey could be missing next week. They reckon oh, Gimby dude. is a chance of getting rested. Constable as well, yep. So I just I just feel like if you're trading in rookies, and there aren't many, um, you need to be sure that they're going to be playing at least six weeks and get you through to the buys. And Samson Ryan ticks that box. Um, Jacob Van Ruin does not. Yep. Yep. Toby McLean, 179K forward mid. We've already gone over him. Um, yeah. He could be slotted into that forward pocket. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say avoid unless it comes out and it's like, oh yeah, he's going to play mid, but it's fucking Bevo. Who knows? It, it must be noted that Arthur Jones hasn't had a great couple of weeks. Like they like his energy. Um, but yeah, energy only goes so far. Like Maurice Rioli has been um, dropped by by Richmond for, for just not quite providing enough. So there is a spot there, and I've, I can't get help but feel that maybe Arthur Jones loses his spot to Toby McLean. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Judson Clark, one ninety six k forward, minus twenty six break even, seventy average. Um, you can talk about this one, Paddo, because Richmond. Yeah, looked really good on the weekend. And he has sewn up a spot in that half-forward line for Richmond. Now, he is a bit on the expensive side. He's 196K. Um, he is a forward. And people aren't really looking to bring in forwards. He has a break-even of negative 26 with an average of 70. So um, the scoring looks really good. He gets involved a lot in a lot of handball chains. He runs and carries. Scored 80 in the wet against the Western Bulldogs, which um, a lot of Richmond players did struggle scoring against them in really tough conditions. So for a young kid like that to to have such a great performance, he he's locked into that team. Um, Jack Graham, Pinder Hammy, as we mentioned before, Tom Lynch, um, Tobin and Kervis, like they're going to be out. So he's locked into that team. Um, he'll get really good opportunity there, and, and I think he's got really good scoring potential. Yeah, we'll skip over really quickly. Charlie Constable, one twenty-three k defensive mid, minus fifty-two break even, sixty-two average. We've already discussed him. Um, we'll move on to the next bloke, which Pato told me not to fucking trade in. Anyway, um, Tyler Young, one forty-two k defender, minus thirty-one break even, forty-nine average. Pato, Pato. Nah, it's all good. I'm I'm happy with who I traded in. But anyway, you take it away with Tyler Young. So we're we're kind of scraping the barrel here for everyone, um, the defensive barrel that is. Um, On last week's data, it's just like with Van Ruin. With last week's data, it wasn't a good trade-in. Van Ruin was a good trade-in last week. It's the flip with this. Tyler Young last week wasn't good. Robbie Tarrant was returning to the VFL. 
we didn't have all these key position injuries before what we know right now. Now we know Robbie Tarrant got injured again, did his hip again in the VFL. So he's rubbed out indefinitely again. Uh, Tyler Young is is playing. He's, he's locked into the team now. Um, won't be a super high scorer, and you have to keep that in mind that next week, Harry Sheasel will get DPP. Literally mm. Monday as soon as, or Sunday night when lockout ends, Harry Sheasel is available as a defender, and you're going to want to move, move him into your defense with the way that it is. So I wouldn't be rushing into trading all these defensive rookies because unless they're DPP into your midfield, you're going to have nowhere to put them. So just keep that in mind. And if you're a Zebel owner as well, he will be picking up forward defense DPP as well as Sheasel. And he's another one that you're going to want to try and swing into that defense line. So you, you got to get rid of guys to be able to do that, um, which is why even if you it's, – it's a tough one because if you're holding day and if you're a Doherty owner, you're going to want to turn Doherty into another premium or at least a, a sort of a cheaper premium. If Gimby gets rested – if Cowan gets dropped, if Constable doesn't get up, like we're in a bit of trouble and you don't want mm-hmm. a donut. Um, but just keep in mind that next week on Monday, we can move the best scoring rookie of the year into the defense who's averaging 115 donut. And Zebel. Um, Anyway, <laughs> the last guy we got in our rookies list, and I don't think Pato's actually seen this, this dude play. It's Dylan Williams at 123K. He's listed as a forward a minus 16 break even and 64 average, obviously, from the one game that he's played, um, Pato. So do you actually know much about him? I, I I believe he played half back. That's about all I know, but I don't know a lot about him. You're our Sandful guy. So now nah, well, I actually watched this game. I saw Ollie Florent celebrate and then fucking fade and whatnot. But what I'm there was actually a point in this game where I had a group chat open and I'm going to try and fucking find it. And I bet. Oh yeah. And I said, fuck this Dylan Williams kid goes. All right. Just the eye test. He passed my eye test hundred percent. Um, He's 21 years of age and he has actually played one game before Pato. I just can't remember what year it was. It might've been the first year that he was drafted or something. It's it. It says he's played two games. I'm trying to figure out when. Uh, but he was a 2022 rookie elevation. So, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, he looked good. He looked like he'd be a 60s guy with an occasional 80 in him. That's the way he looked. Uh, he, he did he's, one, one game in 2021 for 30. There, and it probably would have been a sub or some shit. No. And he might have played forward. But, yeah, he's... He's a, he looks at home in defense. He was very very good. And yeah, yeah, I was looking I was looking at him down the track going, "Oh yeah, fucking when when I like flick someone cuz he's listed as a forward in Supercoach when I flick Sheasel or when I flick Zebel or both into defense, I actually would have confidence picking Dylan Williams in my forward line." He the just looks only... good. The only caveat there is the an Australian halfback last year was the sub. And I know they swung the axe a little bit because Port Adelaide have been pretty pathetic, it's fair to say, this year so far. Um, now, Darcy Byrne-Jones did play forward when he came on for Junior Rioli. However, that's a halfback. So I think if what you say is true, and I do trust your judgment, Dano, that Dylan Williams did have a great game, um, 
it's hard to think that the job security is great because Lockie Jones must have played Sanford on the weekend. And with Darcy Byrne Jones there as well, there's a couple of guys that are halfbacks. And they've only got one guy on the injury list, Dano, which is pretty wild. So, Which says a lot about him playing. Correct. But, I, I mean, we should really look at the Sanford scores just to see how they did. But Do you want to know Darcy Byrne Jones? Uh, not Darcy Byrne Jones. Do you want to know... Um... Lockie Jones. Lockie Jones. He didn't play. There you go. So he did not play in the Sandful. Um, they had Riley Bonner. Uh, got twenty five disposals, one goal, one. But that would have been he'd be more so looking at a wing, or yeah, maybe a halfback. Yeah. Uh, but no one really shone in the for Port Adelaide against Glenelg. Yeah, Bonner's Bonner. probably probably the one there. Um. Even Jace Burgoyne, he's a he's a halfback. Ah, uh, from what Port Adelaide fans have told me, he probably won't be getting back in anytime soon. Interesting, but Bon is yeah. probably the one, um, honestly. Yep, yep. Oh, we'll start with um, some defensive trade ins now. If you got Sam Doherty like fucking me, you might want to listen to this. Um, I'm actually surprised you haven't put someone in this. List, Pat. Yeah, I've got I've got one I need to add to this. Who's actually currently in my team? Is that TS? No. Oh, so I thought it would have been Tom Stewart that you were talking about. God no, fuck that guy. But it's for the listeners. I am too. It's it's like you traded him out because and that time frame, and then he's back. Fucking, he only misses a week, so it's shit times. But you gotta you gotta touch on Tom Stewart. He has. He he's got an achievable break even. I'm gonna start with him. Fuck it. Okay, I'm starting with him. Tom Stewart, five seventy two k. He's got a ninety two point three average, and his break even this week is sixty nine. Pado, sixty nine, and he plays West Coast. He does. Who in the last three games he hasn't dropped below ninety five points. So I think if there's time to get Tom Stewart in, it would be this round. The only thing is, and this is the thing that I say, fuck fucking injuries. Like I picked Toby Nankovic in the ruck line because he played every game last year and he fucking gets syndesmosis. Who Now I'm just of the point of who gives a fuck if they've had an injury history or not. We've seen Jack Zebel have the worst injury history ever and then go on and slut it up for one whole year. It's fucking roulette, man. Like, you obviously know the risks, but you can pick a healthy bloke and they get injured and they're out for six weeks and you have them for one fucking round. True. You can pick you can pick a guy that's been injury prone previously and plays the whole season out and looks like a fucking steal. So, yeah, Tom Stewart, you've got to consider this week. This is the week to get him if, if you're looking at getting him in at any stage. It pains me to say it, Pato. Yeah, um, I've got a different Tom that I want to talk about, Dana, as a trade-in oh, option before we oh, go yeah. into the run sheet ones. Yep, yeah, okay, go. Um, it's Tom Barras with a break-even of 49. He is 480000 so he should go up in price there. Uh, averaging 91, which isn't great. However, in his two games that um, McGovern didn't play is 110 and 116. And in mm. round one, he had a one three. So we'll ignore round two for the sake of this because he only scored 34. But McGovern played that game. So did Hearn. So did all those other guys. But there is really recent history um, of yep. Tom Barras doing really well without 
uh, Jeremy McGovern in the team. And we we touched on it last week where we spoke yep. about him. And I said, look, he's got, he's got a break even where you could probably give him another week and just see how he goes. Against Melbourne, mind you, he's got 116. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that should be enough for people to be pretty confident. Now, last year, he averaged 93, which is quite solid when you consider that McGovern did play games. Um, and in the games that McGovern did play, he's got an 18 against, ironically, the Giants. For some reason, he has playing the Giants, don't he? Um, but McGovern played that game. But he had some monster scores without McGovern in the team. Um, and if I can, Dano, from round 12 to round 23 last year, I'll read out his scores. Yep. So round round 12, he had 126, and then he went 114, 90, 75, 69, and then he went 149, 132, 109, 104, 126, and 83. Yum. So he really does take over that Jeremy McGovern role with lots of marks, lots of intercept marks, lots of kicks, um, and lots of rebound uh, 50s. So... It's it's a really attractive super coach role. And I know a lot of people are getting enamored with these running halfbacks. Think Nick Dacos, um, Dylan Robertin, those sort of guys. But Tom Barras, I think, can score very similarly to Tom Stewart. Um, doesn't quite have the ceiling of Stewart. But for around 100K less, and if you don't have money in the bank, I would not be advocating spending two trades on getting Doherty up to a more expensive guy. Mm. Unless you've got the cash already there. Because I think people are going to need the trades. So that's why if you can find some value here, I I really like Tom Barras. And worst case scenario, you reassess in 12 weeks once McGovern's back because it was a really nasty hamstring. Um, And you can maybe flick him on after West Coast bye if you don't love the role. But yeah, he'll he'll get to 550 uh, soon enough with this scoring uh, role. And um, yeah, we can can reassess if you bring him in. Yep. Yep. I like it. So moving on in the defenders, and the next one we have is Jake Lloyd, 519K, 104 average, 3% ownership, 85 break-even. The pig in defense isn't quite back, but he's somewhat back, Pato. Yeah, a low score of just 93, which came against Melbourne in a in a thumping. And um, yeah, it's not quite the 140s that we, we got used to from vintage Jake Lloyd, but it looks like... Um, he could be good for a solid 100 and maybe that's what we need and he'll be a sort of really good D5, D6 and a really good price. So he has a pretty good record against Richmond as well historically. So um, it's not a sexy pick by all means. He's probably not going to drop a 140 plus score all year, but I don't think he'll drop below 80 to 90 either. So maybe that's what you want um, out of trading out Doherty and he'll probably score better than Doherty has for the first four weeks. So you could do worse. Yeah, yeah. Next bike I like, uh, which is Mason Redmond, 503K, 101 um, average, 3% ownership, 111 break-even. I reckon he can make this break-even, even though he's playing Melbourne, Pato. And then you'll you'll get him at a nice, juicy 503K price before he wins the Anzac medal the following week. Yeah, look, I, I like it. Um, this was my original trade-in until I did a little bit of research. Yeah. Um, and... He had very up and down scoring last year. Um, he had that sort of eight week period where he went bonkers between round 10 and round 20. Yep. Um, however, he dropped three really poor scores at the end of the year in 68, 63, and 55. And they seem to come with Ridley having a higher score. So I can't help but feel like that 
if they bring Braden Zerk Thatcher back into the team, that will sort of release Ridley to be back to sort of that role. And they'll have to share a little bit too much of the footy. You've also got Andy McGrath back there also in that halfback line. So I just, I can't help but not get too excited about this pick. Like he'll have some monster scores, but I just feel like he'll have some sixties as well. And I don't yep. love that. Yeah. Here's a bloke that I didn't realize it was his first game on the weekend. Mitchie Duncan, 486K listed as a defender. 116 um, average, 0.2% ownership, so ultra POD mode, 75 break even. Now, he played like that little slut quarterback type role um, for Geelong on the weekend. And he's got he's got West Coast this week too. So just uh, his price won't move, but I feel like... This is kind of the point where when we had Aaron Hall that year and I said, you can jump on Aaron Hall now, um, even though he had that really shit score before. Um, and he ended up slutting it up in his third week onwards. And I don't think he went below the price that I said. And I feel like Duncan could go out there and just smash it in a real bruise-free way which is kind of what we want with Duncan. We don't want him getting bruised. Kind of like a Zeeble. Correct, but he's done this before and still not got to a full season play. Mm, yeah. So last year he played 19 games. 2021 he played 10. 2020 he played 16. 2019 he played 22, and that was the last time he played. Yeah, but Pato, we've gone over this. I don't give a fuck anymore about previous histories now that we're picking guys like Nankovic who have played every game last year and then go down with a syndesmosis. So if you got balls, I actually like this. The other thing that has to be taken into consideration, Dono, is the fact that Tom Stewart did get um, quote unquote tagged by Finn McGuinness on the weekend. Um, now Tom Stewart still got 90 odd, but didn't get nearly as much footy as he usually does. So I think that plays into it a little bit. Um, I don't love the Mitch Duncan pick personally. I think you give him one more week. Um, but he's 32, and that also concerns the shit out of me. And Geelong haven't looked good, Dano. Yep. So you don't think the ball can spend more time in their defense? Uh, it can, but it usually gets to Tom Stewart, not Mitch Duncan. But if it spends the time down there even more than normal, then it has every opportunity to go to Mitch Duncan with a switch through Tom, uh, Tom Stewart. It could. I mean, it would take some pretty big gonads to do it, but it's not for me. Yep, fair enough. Jordan Dawson, 618K defender, 124 average, 18% owned. Fuck, that's lower than I thought. 67 break even. He had a monster score on the weekend. And yeah, he's, he will get out of reach pretty quick, Pato. I'm going to disagree. I threw him in there because I knew people, I know people are going to try and chase him. Um, you cannot get to Doherty, from Doherty to Dawson in one trade unless you somehow have 120K in the bank. So I think if you're moving early on a rookie, and I've I've seen people moving on, Mackenzie, Ginby, who is averaging 76, Dano, has so much more money to make. Um, mm. Kay Chandler, like if you're moving on one of these guys just to get Doherty to Dawson, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Now, Sure, he scored 173 on the weekend, and that is huge. Absolutely huge. 
it must also be noted that he's been playing midfield, and I don't think that role will maintain. Yeah. Um, I think Barry comes back into the team this week, and I don't think Barry is someone that can play anywhere else but midfield. He's just too one-dimensional. Um, yeah. Obviously, we know Dawson can still score really well on a wing and halfback, obviously. Right? The guy's a star. I think he's slowly becoming rated like he should be um, as a really, really good footy player. Yeah. Um, has a really, really good record against Carlton as well, but he's got Finn McGuinness coming up in two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I, I just think this is someone you've got to be patient on. Wait yep. until he plays Hawthorne. He also got Collingwood the week after that as well, which will also be a tough matchup. Um, I'm just going to pick Dawson up after his bye. Um, who he is around 14 by, so I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, I'm going to just quickly touch on two guys to keep an eye on. Um, one's Jack Sinclair. He has a break even of 154 this week. Um, he's at 576,900. Um, he does actually like doesn't mind scoring against Collingwood, but it's not like going to be 154 kind of high. Um, and then the week after he's got Carlton, which who he loved. He he fucking got a 150 against last year, so. Jack Sinclair is one to look at to wait another week on. And then you've also got Sisdog. James Sicily's uh, had a low game last week, uh, the week just gone. And his price is going to drop. Um, it already has. Um, his break even, funnily enough, is 145, which I think actually is kind of achievable against the Giants. He got 139 against them last year. Um, but yeah, he's one to. Just wait on. He might drop an extra 23,000. And then, yeah, I don't know what his break even will be the week after. But they're just two defenders just to keep an eye on for the next few rounds, um, especially considering that they were the uber primos from last year. Yeah, great shout, great shout there, Dano. I, I like it. I, I was going to mention that at some time during the podcast. Uh, the only thing with Sicily is he played very locked down on the weekend. And I know he has done that before. Um. But he just needs a little bit of freedom to be able to get those intercept marks. Yeah. But he's getting plenty of kick-ins. Um, and, yeah, he'll be right for the picking very soon along with Sinclair. So Correct. Yeah, Factor definitely them keep in. them on your radar. Um, the only issue is, as we mentioned before, Sheasel and Zebel will be able to be moved into the defense line very soon. So we're going to go from rags to riches in defense line very soon. And soon enough, we'll be looking for forwards. Yep, fuck off. Uh, we'll move <laughs> to the mids. First one, Josh Kelly, 583K, 112 average, 4% owned, 78 break even. He is, he's he's honestly looking like the best Giants player, 100%. Um, even though Tom Green's getting the most disposals, I think he's got the second most disposals in the AFL. Um, Josh Kelly using the ball, fucking looks sexy hot. And he's got Hawthorne this week. And I just feel like, they're already decimated as it is. And then if Will Day doesn't play, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah, Josh Kelly could go fucking huge this week and he could he would be up in captaincy consideration. I'm actually nervous about Josh Kelly personally because I feel like he may get Finn McGuinness. Yeah, well, they, they can't... No one can keep up with Tom Green. The best player that has so far is Setterfield because... They're pretty much like for like body wise, um, but well, Tom, Tom Green's still Tom yeah. Green's going to be on my captaincy radar. But Josh Kelly, yeah. we're talking about, yeah. But I'm I'm just saying, so they won't tag Tom Green 
because no, they can't Josh keep Kelly, up with that's him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying too. I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, so, but I I just feel like Josh Kelly will still be able to shake that tag. Yeah, the the current number six ranked midfielder as well and looking like one of the, the top group of midfielders. And that is with Scott Pender. We're still sitting at number four, which is still a little bit wild <laughs> to say in 2023. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't. I don't mind this. Five eighty-three k. He should be in the six hundreds, really, but and he's not. So four percent. So he's in absolute pod territory as well. Correct. Patrick Cripps, kind of similarly priced, kind of not. Five ninety-four k. One hundred and twelve average as well. Fifteen percent ownership. One hundred and fourteen break even. Um, yeah, he loves playing Adelaide, Pato. He does because he's a big body, and Adelaide don't have those big bodies, so. Um, they'll probably try and put Berry on him to hang off, off him at stoppages, but Berry is not big enough for Patrick Cripps. Not many midfielders are. So um, probably going to be my VC on the weekend, Dono. I started Patrick Cripps. I did not um, know this. <laughs> for some for some reason, he's in 15% of teams, which feels really low for the reigning Brownlow medalist in, in a team that are projected to be pretty good. And their main midfielder um, seems a bit crazy, but you can get him for under six hundred thousand, probably only for one more week in the year, Dano. So, uh, yeah, Patrick Cripps is warming up into the season, and um, yeah, he's and he's um, what is it? His last two games against Adelaide, he's averaged over one hundred and forty-five. So, pretty pretty handy there. Correct, correct. Very uh, juicy. One forty-six last year and one fifty-one. Uh, also last year. So, yeah, both games last year, he went absolutely bananas against Adelaide. So, hoping yeah. for a repeat of that on Thursday night. Yeah. Uh, here's another ultra POD, but I can't see him being in the top 12 mids. Is <laughs> Tim Kelly, 519k, 107 average, 1.3% ownership, 62 break even. He looks fucking good, but the thing is, he's the only real midfielder that they've got. Um, Yeah. At the moment with West Coast. Correct. I, I mean, he may start getting a little bit of attention soon. Um, He's one of those midfielders, a little bit like Josh Kelly, where they get a lot of footy. They use it really well, but they also hit the scoreboard and kick goals. So those sort of midfielders are very, very dangerous. Um, But he's looking like a pretty lone starring light in that West Coast team. But they are very average, Dano. So that is the only caveat. And if you don't love bring in primos from bottom 10 teams like myself, you're probably not super excited by this, but he's a really great price and I can see him doing quite well and could be a really good M8 sort of guy if you don't like sex pests. Yeah. Yeah. Now the next guy sounds crazy to say to, as a trading target, given his price tag, but it's Clayton Oliver, 705 K 131 average. 45% owned, 127 break even. He could, the dart he beat the data, Pato. He beat the data. He beat the he usually in his third or fourth game of the season, he drops under his uh, under 100. He didn't do that. And then it was his history against um West Coast, he beat that. And yeah, he's beating the data and he could be the absolute pick of the season. Yeah, I mean, they tried to tag him with Ginby, which would have been a really nice learning curve for Clayton Oliver Light. Um, but yeah, still got 121. This this guy is scoring unbelievably. 
I it seems crazy. I, he is an okay trading option. I tried to make I, I tried to play around with my team personally to try and get Clayton Oliver in for Doherty using DPP swings and just going super light in defense for one week. I can't justify using three trades to end up getting an Oliver though. I just cannot do it. Um, and it's the same as um, fucking what's his name? Um, Jordan Dawson, where I just, they're too expensive. I cannot advocate paying top dollar for these guys. I think if you haven't got them in now, you've just got to wait for the down game. Now, you, you cannot be watching Melbourne games over the next two weeks because mm. it's almost certain that Oliver's going 140 plus in both, and that's going to hurt a lot. Trust me, I'm 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 with you. Whoever doesn't own Clayton Oliver along with me, um, you've just got to wait for that tag game. Um, and it, it's I hate I hate waiting for that. Absolutely mm. hate it. Um, when does he play Hawthorne? Because that's probably the one we're looking for, round nine. So just before his buy. That's five weeks before his buy. So hopefully, I mean, fuck, I look at that <laughs> I look at that run and I get super nervous. Um, his next four weeks are very juicy. Yeah, I know. I know. Essendon, Richmond, North Melbourne, and Gold Coast. Yep. Yep. Um, with the midfielders. It's going to be tough, but I, I think you've got to hold out, wait for that, that low game. He does get tagged out of... Usually one or two games a year, and that's when you can jump on. Yeah. Um, with the mid- midfielders to keep a little bit of an eye on, um, one of them, who I'm trying to fucking bring up now, but it won't let me, um, is actually Andy Brayshaw. Um, but it won't let me, so that's fucking annoying, isn't it? Um, so Brayshaw oh, has a break-even of 124. Um, price Correct. of 562000 So, um his coach actually came out and said that he has been carrying something. Um, he added that added to that that most players are, which is clearly not true. Um, but he said he's pretty close to full fitness. So if you trust that, um, a big score is probably not far away. Um, he's got Gold Coast this week, then the Bulldogs, and then Brisbane. So a little bit of a tough run. He's got the round 12 buy as well. So he's got an early buy. So I feel like he'll be really nice and ripe for the picking uh, after he's had his buy. Um, because just before the buy, he's got Melbourne and Geelong and Sydney and Hawthorne. Yeah. So that's so one. So pretty... keep, keep an eye on him. Yeah, um, he's one to factory and he's already down to 562K and he'll drop even more. He's dropped so far 53,000. So yeah, they're, they're the ones that we want to buy at like bargain basement price. Yeah, yeah, a couple more as well. Dano, Tuk Miller, 128 break even. Price at 625000 He plays Freo on the weekend who have been tagging. And I can see them going to Tuk again. Um, so his Funny price you should mention that. hopefully, hopefully because, get to 600 k soon. Because his last three scores have been 130, 127 and 111 against Freo. Yeah, Freo haven't done much tagging in previous years, but they have been a bit this year. But I, I agree. You can wait a week on him. Um, his break even is 128. If he does hit it, he's not going to go up much. No. And all. then he gets North and Richmond, who are pretty juicy matchups. Juicy so. matchups. Yeah. Yep. So you can wait a week on him. The other one, I don't know how to feel about him. He's in my team. And that's Lockie Neal. He's down to 619K. He's got North Melbourne this week. Um, his break even is 136. So he could very well get it. And he might go up to like 625 or something. Or he might 
just get under it and then lose an extra, I don't know, bloody 5K or something. And then he's one just at the low 600,000s that you could strike while the iron's hot because he then has GWS, who he fucking loves. Um, and then he has Freo after that. So, yeah, he... He likes he likes them, so he's another one to keep an eye on. Um, and obviously, if you didn't start the bond, um, pains me to say, bond's got one thirty nine break even, um, which his history against Port Adelaide is fucking all over the shop. So you never know. And Move on to Rory yep. Laird, if you are lucky enough to not be starting him, one hundred sixty three break even, and you know he's going to bounce back eventually. So, yeah. Definitely yep. one to keep on your radar. Um, and the Essendon boys as well, Parrish and Merritt, are both looking at break-evens in above 130. Um, coming into the Anzac Day game as well, they should be um, right for the picking yep. pretty soon. Yep, cool. So go to the ruck line, and this pains me. Sean Darcy, 533K, 99 average, 8% owned, 49 break-even. Is it pretty much a POD now? Um but he doesn't have a great record against Wits. But after out finding out about Wits, he might not even be playing against Impato. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope that Wits doesn't get up as a non-owner. I, I selfishly say that. Um, just so Darcy can continue on his run of 120 plus scores. And somehow he's almost in POD territory, Dano, at 8%. And I know he was up towards 20% in round one, which is... Still blows my mind. He's going to break him to 49. So he's going to bounce back up nicely. Um, what was his selection? Yeah, he got to over 7,000 teams and he's currently in 14,000. So pretty much halved in ownership, which is crazy. Um, but he's he's an absolute trading option. I would be avoiding Grundy just because of the gore news. Um, if you yeah. have him, awesome. Don't be trading him out, obviously. Um, but avoid him. And yeah, there's only really one other one to talk about, Dano. And that's Tim English at 648k, 139 average. Wowie. 35% ownership and 87 break even. I feel like you just gotta, if you can get him, you can get him. But yeah, it's it's him and Oliver at the moment that's just absolutely killing me. Absolutely killing me. And Dawson. Oh, not so much Dawson. Not so much Dawson. I wasn't really gonna go with Dawson with the Doherty call. It was Doherty. Well, really, it was Doherty versus Sicily for me. So, but anyway. Yeah, Timmy English, fucking slutting it up. It must be noted that round five was when he got injured last year. Oh, I just have to put that out there. I don't know. Was that concussion, Apologies. though? Apologies to owners. Yeah, it was a six-week concussion. Yeah, true. Yeah, anyway. Um, any rucks on the radar... Um, not really, not really. That are going to fall in price. Max Max Gorn, um, looking more oh, yeah. longer term. He's got to break even up towards two hundred. So, yeah, that's, true. that's um, true. He'll be a really nice price after his buy. If you want to make a correctional trade there, um, I think we saw enough in round one to suggest that Max Gorn's not going anywhere. We'll obviously see what he's like after that knee, but um. He'll be a nice option after the round 14 buy, I think, if you can hold out for then. But, um, yeah, other than that, there's no one. Yep. Yep. All right, moving on. Um, forwards. So, Pato, you have a really interesting one 
listed straight up, which is Cozzy Pickett at five. Uh, th- sorry, not five. Three hundred and sixty-five k, hundred and seventeen average, three percent owned, minus twenty-four break-even. Why are we talking about Cozzy Pickett? Uh, so, firstly, the price, really, really good price, and I, I can see him making hundred to hundred fifty k. Um, second of all, they have a really nice run, um, and he's been getting midfield minutes as well, and. We know he gets on the scoreboard. Like, this guy's so good to watch. I mean, one of the superstars of the competitions. Scored 144 in round one against the Bulldogs and 89 against the Eagles. Um, but the run until his bye, um, I'll just read it out, Dano. So Essendon this week, then he's got Richmond, then he's got North Melbourne, then he's got Gold Coast, then he's got Hawthorne, then he has Port Adelaide, then he has Frio at home, then he's got Carlton and Collingwood. Nice. So he's got that last bye week in round 14. So this this isn't a keeper. I mean, he may turn into a keeper, um, but if you are looking at Cozzy Pickett, you are looking at a guy that will um, score really well up until the bye, and then you flick him off to someone that's already had their bye. Um, that's a really good price point. Could be a Darcy Cameron even just to provide that ruck cover. Um, we don't know who's going to be a, a, a really good price point, obviously, in eight weeks' time or whatever it is, but yeah, I, I don't hate it. Uh, it's just locking in another trade. But if you haven't been silly with your trades, you can afford to do a, a pick like this. And there's only 3% of teams as well. Yeah. Now, I've been silly with my trades, though. So, um, Jeremy Cameron, 550K, 116 average, 8% owned, and in an 82 break even. Um, now, he he's one of those guys where he'll get 150 one week and 70 the next, but he's the top averaging forward right now, Pato. So, like, they or is it top averaging or is it top um, accumulated points? No, his second average technically only behind Cozzy Pickett, but Pickett's only played yeah. two games. But accumulated points, he's the top. Yeah. Okay. Correct. So yeah, yeah. And our shout out to um our mate Luke who was like, I'll oh, get on Jeremy Cameron for seven goals last game, and he fucking got it. Um. Yeah, and he's got West Coast this week. The only thing is, I've noticed a pattern. He keeps scoring massively every second week. That's all he needs to do. And he'll have occasionally one week where he gets two in a row. Maybe this is the week he gets two in a row. Well, you put any forward up against Hawthorne and then West Coast in the in back-to-back weeks, then it's pretty juicy for anyone. That is correct. Yeah, so thoughts on Jezza Cameron? Uh, it's, really, it's really hard. I don't love it. Um, he's in here just because the forward line isn't great this year. Um, everyone has Taranto, everyone has Dunkley, a lot of people have Golden, everyone has Rosie. Um, yeah, exactly. So apart from that, you're looking at guys like Liam Baker, who are just a little bit of flash in the pan just because Jaden Short's been out. Um, Charlie Kerno is averaging hundred, but and you know, a key forward, so not gonna be huge. Um, and random ones like Mitch Owens. Um, Isaac Smith, just these guys that you're not even going to consider. So he's thereabouts, but as you said, his low games will come. Um, I mean, he's got Sydney next week, and um, you'd think there's a low score probably coming there, just just how Sydney typically play, and that's at the SCG as well. So, yeah, one to watch out for for the price plummet. I think it's fairly obvious. Stephen Cornelio. 516k at the moment. Um, his last two games have been 58 and 71. 
And his first two games were 143 and 107. So um, he's going to drop below 500K. Um, his break-even's fucking huge too, I think. It's 167, 167. against Hawthorne. So he could. He, you never know. He could. But chances of that happening are very low. So I'd bank on him dropping an extra 20 to 30K, even yeah, more. Yeah, I mean, he plays Hawthorne, so it's a bit of a shame that the, the DPP additions didn't happen this week before he plays Hawthorne. Um, but it's going to be really good timing because you can target a Cornelio next week at probably around 500K. As I you are moving less. Sheasel, Yeah, as you are moving Sheasel into your back line, and I think that's a really good trade. We're just going to hope for a couple of high rookie scores just to maximize some value there so we can get the cash to get Cornelio in from a from guys like Ginby or Cowan or something like that. But um, yeah. yeah, absolutely with Cornelio. He's looking like a top eight forward. Yeah, listen to questions. Let's go, Pato. Are you going Twitter or Facebook first? Uh, I'm not in either, so I'm... I'm, we'll, I'm on you. What, what are we we'll doing? go. We'll go for the twits. So we got, twits. yeah, the Twitter, the twits on Twitter. Um, so Ian <laughs> has said, Doherty straight to Stewart is the sensible thing to do. But I, am I stupid wanting to trade in Will Day? Well, yeah, because Day has been suspended for two weeks, but he could get off. You never know. Um, also, thoughts on Josh Kelly as a captain option this week? Ah, we'll discuss that later. So Ian actually. Um... Follow that up with a an updated question um, after the new, World Day news came up. Oh, yep. Cool. Oh, yeah. So he goes, insights on potential trades. Option A, Doherty to Stewart and Liam Jones to McElhaney. Or B, Doherty to Haynes, Philippou to Zebel and Ginby to McElhaney using his first boost. And would still leave him with 31 trades. I would say... To be honest, option A, save that boost. I would say neither. Uh, I would be going <laughs> Jones down, not up or sideways. I'd be saying, obviously, I would be saying move Doherty to someone that's less expensive so you don't have to use a two trade. And we sort of touched on that before. I would be targeting... Um, Haynes isn't bad. I don't no. love it. Though. Like He's got solid he's... history, but... No, no, no. Nah, he broke I, his okay, put it this way, he broke his record for most marks in a game last round and he only got 117. Yeah, Buckley is taking a lot of those points. Correct. One I really like, as as I mentioned before, is Barras if you want to go down on Doherty. Um Liam Jones probably has to go, but I don't think his break even is out out um outnumbering his average just yet. So I think you could probably hold him for one more week and maybe get some more data on the rookies, and you go Liam Jones out next week and swing Sheasel into your defense, and then you can try and turn Liam Jones into Cornelio next week. I think that's the go, Ian. Um, I'd be holding yeah. on to Philippou as well. Um, I don't think he's ready to trade out yet. Put it this way, if it wasn't for the Doherty news, even though I'm not loving my team right now, and I've got Will Day suspended this week, I would not have been using a trade. I'm only using a trade because I'm forced to with Doherty, um, obviously, if you are a wits owner, I'd be suggesting holding him as well and trying to work out a contingency plan, whether that's Samson Ryan, whether that is Ned Moyle. Um, but I would be only using um, forced trades right now because like, even the juiced up rookies, 
Will Ashcroft is as a break-even of 22. He's still got money to make. McKenzie's break-even is 13. And if Will Day doesn't play this week, he should get more midfield minutes. Um, Hopper's only break-even of 15. I've seen people trading out Will Setterfield, Dano, um, who sure yeah. has a break-even of 85 and a tough game coming up. But the role is there. Like, I would not be jumping off these guys early. Oscar Baker still has a break-even of the negatives. Um, Davey is negative one, and he's amongst my most traded out that is currently in my team, which is absurd. Um, Fergus Green, with a nice, nicely timed good score, gets his break-even back up to negative 15. Hey, Chandler still in the negatives. Like, none of these rookies are ready to trade out, Dano. So hold on to your trades, people. Like, you're going to need them. Yeah, I went aggressive this year, and it's backfired on me. And last year's strategy of holding the trades would have been better. So it's funny how... Last year's strategy of going aggressive early paid off, and now this year going aggressive early has backfired with all these fucking injuries, and everyone that I've traded in has been injured, literally the round that I brought them in. So it's funny, isn't it, Dana? Like I got I got held up last year by not going aggressive early, mm. and it did cost. But I've stuck to my guns this year. Um, I'm down to thirty off. trades, but they've mostly been forced trades. Um, I did do Jay, Jason Horn Francis to Will Day as a bit of a luxury trade. And I did trade out Josh Kelly after one week because of that concussion. But other than that, um, oh, and I went Ridley to Dacos as well, which in hindsight is clearly the right trade. Um, but don't be jumping off rookies. I mean, if Cowan gets dropped, there's probably a conversation to be had about moving him on to a playing rookie. Um, but even then, there's not much coming through and you're probably having to jump on someone early and mm-hmm. blindly without knowing the job security is great. So... Hopefully, yeah. Walmart and Cowan hold their spots and we can just sort of cover the will days of the world while dealing with Doherty with one trade. That's that's what I would be suggesting because you're going to need your trades. Rookie generation, it looks like there's a bit of a, an issue this year with rookies. Yep. Yep. Scobie Bryant said, with Dawson having the best role in Supercoach, literally doing whatever he wants on the field, how many holes is he going to destroy of non-owners and Carlton on Thursday night? Is it A, mouth, B, anus, C, all of the above? Well, the thing is, um, in a midfield role, I, I, I'm backing Carlton to get on top of Adelaide if he plays that role. But I think he'll play defence, as I mentioned before. And I think he'll score well, but I can't see him like doing a 170 like he did on the weekend. Don't know. Um, so I'm backing him to just to score maybe 110, 115. And I'm going to be okay with that because I'm backing Barras to match his score this weekend, Scobie. Yep. Now we got more. Facebook time. Tate said, not a question, more a warning. I'm going back to Darcy. Please don't, Tate. Pantelis. Uh, so Peter says, do you guys think it's too early to turn Setters and Hopper into Miller and Redmond? Wait another week. Yes, it's too early. Hopper's okay. break even's only 15, isn't it? Yeah, it's really low. It's just set of fields is what people are worried about. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be moving um, Hopper on. I know he didn't have a great game. The conditions were shit ass. I don't know what the weather's like um, for gather around this weekend in Adelaide, Dano, but I'd be backing him. Like he, he really hurt coaches who traded him out when he missed that week with the knee injury and came back with a 120-odd. So... I can see him bouncing back again this week against yep. Sydney, who are a very different proposition to the Western Bulldogs in terms of midfield. So I'd be holding both Setterfield and Hopper. I think they could probably even outscore Miller and Redmond this week. Yep, yep. 
Uh, Baden says, so coming experiment has run its course and I'm cutting my losses. I've got cash in the bank, already got Rioli and the Disco Man. Who's your top three recommendations? Cheers, lads. Um, just before I answer that properly, um, coming never runs its course. <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had to. Um, top three recommendations. Just... One, wear a condom. Uh... <laughs> um. It's, it's hard to Willie. say without knowing how much cash is in the bank. Um, Sounds like you can get anyone. I mean, if you can get anyone, it's Dawson, isn't it? Yeah, well, top three recommendations. You got Dawson. Who else you got? Who else you got? Tom Barras. As a top recommendation. Yep. Any money that for you the, have. For the value. Okay. Why not, why not looking at like a Adam Saad? We can't, yeah, we kind it's, of gloss- it's hard to keep ignoring. I know we spoke about him in preseason too, about how he actually plays well um, in this particular role. And when Zach Williams isn't in yeah, and Zach rah, Williams. rah, rah. And then Zach Williams went down. And yet he's, yeah, he's gone unnoticed. He's got 115, 113, 128, 104. Like I know it's kind of chasing points, but what if he ends up being that primo defender? Yeah, it'd be a nice well, POD. Oh, yeah, he's only in 5.5% of teams. For the price, though, I'd be looking at Sicily or Sinclair ahead just because they've got more runs on the board. Yeah, but they're also going to drop in price. So, um, like, hmm. I'm going to say Dawson, one. What about? Robertson, what about? two. Uh, sorry, Sinclair, two. What about Bailey Dale? Three. Uh, oh, I looked at Bailey Dale. Yeah, he's hitting his straps now. Last two scores, 102, 136. I just can't trust the Bulldogs. I can't trust Bevo. That's true. He's break-even 68 as well. He just moves so. guys around way too much. Yeah, you're not wrong. Tom you're Stewart's wrong. another one to consider as well. If you Oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck off. He'll hit his break-even. Um Simon says, is it time to cut our losses with Ridley? Red Dog stealing his points with Walsh set to come back. Hopefully this will restore the Doc back to the normal role. Um, he didn't know about, obviously, Doherty's injury that's just come out. Um, so we'll go back to the Ridley one. Is it time to cut his losses with Ridley? Uh, if you're a Doherty owner, you're going to have to hold him one more week. But with Ridley? Sorry? But with Ridley? He's asking, does yeah. he cut his losses with Ridley? So I just said, if you're a Doherty owner, you're going to have to hold Ridley. What if he has Simon? two trades and he wants to burn both? Nah, I'd be I'd be holding on to Ridley for one more week, dealing with the Doherty issue. Um, and then next week, I'd be looking at Ridley out and getting Sheasel into your defense and you turn Ridley into a premium forward like Canelio. That's what I'd be doing. Yep, yep, okay. Liam says... Well, he was thinking of bringing in Will Day, um, but he also followed it up with any other viable options around the same price point. There's no real other... The answer is yes for Will Day, just um, obviously if he plays. Yep, but if he can't, Barras is probably the only one around that price point, and he's still like 30K more expensive than Will Day, so... Yeah, there's not a lot at that price point. Ollie Florent has had an okay start to the year, but... I don't, I don't trust him. He doesn't have enough runs on the board for me. Um, Dan Rioli is a little bit more expensive as well, who I don't mind. People know how much I do love Rioli. 
Yep. Um, other than that, there's not a lot around, Dano. Yep, yep, I agree. I agree. Anyway, we will move the fuck on. Now, Pato, we are not called the Super Coach Co-Captains for nothing because every week we give people VC and C options to set their team apart from the rest. And sometimes there's some real left field ones in there. Sometimes they're your cookie cutter motherfuckers. So let's get into it. Thursday, we've got the Crom taking on Carlton. And I don't, just before we touch on the VC options in this one, how the fuck are, what, what are Carlton going to wear? Um, oh, wait, no, this, this isn't the fucking one in Adelaide all this week, is it? No, it yeah, is. This is going around. Yeah, okay. So what are the fucking Carlton going to wear? Yeah, I know. So what are Carlton going to wear? Because that's a fucking clash and a half. Haven't they got a white um, class trip? I hope they wear it then. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so I reckon that you got to go with a crom here because of the sexy strip. You can't you can't wear that sexy strip and not play good. Surely, surely, surely. Rory Laird goes bunanas. Uh hopefully, hopefully he is uh, due. Absolutely, yeah. They've got a white um, clash Guernsey. Yeah. Okay. You you'd like a Paddy Cripps in this one? Considering his yes, history, I do love Paddy Cripps. There's some really good VC options in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rory Led will get a little of attention from Hewitt, but it won't be an out and out tag. So I'm hoping Rory Led is back. He did drop 144 last year and 123 against the Blues, mm-hmm. which does bode well um, for Rory Led owners. Um, and obviously, that would have been against Hewitt last year. So. Um, I do like Laird. Cripps is the one, though. Um, I am a Cripps owner, so this is a pretty easy VC for me. Um, do love that. But I also don't mind a Jordan Dawson as well. They're the three options, I think, from this game. What about an Ed Kerno tag? He hasn't tagged for a couple of years now. I thought, he, I thought he's been doing a bit of a run with Roll as of late. So... The rumour has it that Sam Walsh is coming back into this team, and I can't see them dropping one of Hewitt, Cripps, Walsh. Who else has been playing that midfield? I mean, Doherty obviously has come out. Chera. Chera. Like, none of those guys are dropping out of the midfield group. So I think if Kerno plays, he plays a wing-slash-half-forward role. So he may run with a, with a Dawson. I can see that happening because Dawson will probably play a bit more outside with Berry coming back. Mm. That's what I'm just thinking. Yeah. I mean, if I was a coach, I'd do that. Fuck. The old... Oh, yeah. Um, Dawson is so damaging. Yeah. Yeah. So, I so like Crips the Laird. Laird are my top two options from this game. Yeah, same. I like those two as well. Friday. We've got two Friday games. So, 5, 10 p.m. We've got Frio versus the Gold... Whoa! <laughs> no, who was it that said the Gold... The Gold... Sons? Ah, oh, fuck. There's a Hawthorne, a former Hawthorne player. Anyway. Uh, if I'm not allowed to say that word on here, Dana, you're not. I'll bleep it out. <laughs> oh, bullshit. I'll bleep it out. Do you want to say it? Just quickly say it. Yeah. Am I bleeping it out? Whatever you want, mate. So you uh, do the editing. Well, <laughs> I do okay. the run sheet, you do the editing. Yeah, okay, fuck it. Um, yeah, Frio versus Gold Coast. So, yeah, in this one, I, I don't know if, if Wits doesn't play. If Wits doesn't get on that plane, Sean Darcy, 100%. I like that. That's and, a very and solid And we'll know early as well, which is good because it's the second game of the round. And Fuck oath. Keep in mind, this is a 5-10 game on Friday afternoon for East Coast folk. They would have They would have actually got on the plane as we're recording this. 
or just after. Yeah, so we, we should have some news soon. Yeah. Yeah, so literally after we get off this, it could end up being that he didn't get on the plane. So so if, yeah, if Wits isn't on the plane and he's not going to Adelaide, boom, Sean Darcy, straight up, go. Um, I don't mind Tuke in this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, do, oh, yeah. I do like Tuke as a v- VC. Yeah, that's what I mean. I like Tuke in this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I I, I like Tuke in this one. Um, no one else is really jumping out at me, although I, re- I just thought of someone and I really want to see how many teams they're in. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Why the fuck does this just decide to crap itself right You now. don't like Luke um, Ryan? I don't know. I, you know how much of a big fan I am of Lukey Ryan, and I I like to start him whenever I can, and I didn't start him this year, and I have regrets. Um, no, nah, this guy plays shit against them, so it's all good. Um, oh, the other one. How many people own Noah Anderson? Oh, he slotted it up last weekend. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm like, oh, Noah Anderson. How many own Noah Anderson? He is in 1% of teams. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't really bode well. Bugger. Mind you, his two opponents after Frio, North and Richmond, he really likes to score against. So, hold on to Noah Anderson if you got him. Most people do. Not wrong. Um, Anyone else? Uh, Not from this game, no. Um, There is some news, though. We have a Sydney debutante confirmed. Oh, who is it? It's not Will Gould yet. Is it Sheldrick? No. Oh, who is it? Didn't he debut last year? Oh, did he? Anyway, it's Corey Warner, Chad's brother. So this is a funny thing. So remember when we were talking about him because he got drafted last year? Yep. And they were actually saying that he could be better than Chad. Big call because they... Chad, Chad's I know. like I know. They... So Corey's apparently a better user of the ball than his brother. Well, see what sort of role he plays because he's a very big uh, sub risk. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, but we'll know tomorrow night. Would that, would that be what's he listed as? Is he a defender? He's a mid forward. A mid mid forward. Fuck. Oh, actually, no. That's good timing. That's good timing for the Sheasel Zebel yeah. flick back. Anyway. Next week, yeah. Yeah. So Richmond Sydney, we're talking about VCs and Cs, and we've given you a debutant. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the Chad as a VC? Yeah, no, if you got I him. like that. He, I think he torched us last year. Errol? Fuck, what yeah. is Errol Goulden's? I swear to God. Actually, no, I don't believe in God. What about the footy gods? Um, Errol isn't um, a good scorer in his two games he's played against. Nah, Richmond. he's not. Yeah. But Chad Warner would have scored 91 been a last year and 112 the, week bef- uh, the year before. Yeah, okay. So I do, I do like Chad Warner if you are one of the 9,365 teams that have him. I know we have a couple of listeners that do have Chad Warner. So if you're feeling risque, I do like that as a VC for Friday night. Yeah, there's someone who, for some reason, I have a feeling. No, doesn't. No, never mind. I was going to say, you could, if Timmy Taranto has one of his off, like one of those, it's going to sound weird, off games where his disposal is good. Because his disposal is usually shit. He's due for a big one, big, big one. He's had like a really he, good year, actually. Yeah, considering he just hacks the ball forward most of the time. Yeah. If he actually lowers his is, eyes. The issue is he's in 60% of teams, so everyone has him. Yeah, but no one's going to be chucking a VC on him. The only thing no. is his scoring history against Sydney isn't that great, but he was playing at the Giants. 
not Richmond. But again, never know. But I, I, there's way too many good options in that Thursday game that people would have and even in that game before this one. So we'll move on to Saturday. Agreed? Yeah. Yep, cool. Lions versus North Melbourne at AHL, wherever the fuck that is. Where is that? Uh, Adelaide Hills. Is that Norwood? Adelaide Hills? I don't know. Because I thought there was only two venues. It's Mount Barker, isn't it? Oh, no, there's three. Isn't it Mount Barker? How random. This is the only game that's not at Norwood or Adelaide Oval. I swear to God, Adelaide Hills is Mount Barker. I don't know, mate. You're the South Australia guy. Yeah, no, Adelaide Hills, Mount Barker. There you go. How random. Just... There must be a bunch of sandfall on it at Norwood on Saturday. Uh, you mean Sunday? No, there's Saturday only one. When this, when oh, this there's... Brisbane game is. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. There's only two games in Norwood, which is a Friday one and a Sunday one. They, they're running a double header at Adelaide Oval on Saturday. Yeah, nice. Um, so, yeah, Brisbane versus anyway, North. Josh can Hart. we? Can we? Can we? Oh, Sheasel. Can we finally? No. Not as captain. Uh, well, you could VC him. You could because there are some good captaincy options after this game if you are watching their Saturday games. And oh, the only thing is... Brisbane do concede big scores to halfbacks. Oh, no. Oh, no. You got the loop. If you got Madden, Madden's on the Sunday. So, yeah, you could do it. Um, yeah, so Zeeble... just get 151 against, against Brisbane. Zeeble, Sheasel, either one you could VC. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty convinced this is going to be a pretty one-sided game, though. So I really like Josh Dunkley to have a big, big game. When the fuck is Lockie Neal going to pull his finger out? Is this going to be oh, it? Is he going to just be an absolute slut in this one? <laughs> LDU? No. Moving on. Essendon versus Melbourne. Adelaide Oval. Pains me to say, but Clayton Oliver. Yeah. I think he's just going to be too much of a slut. Brody Grundy. Yep, another good one. Yep. What's Darcy Parrish's history against Melbourne? Uh, I think for memory, he got a bit of harm's attention last year for a 97 in round three. Let's have a look. But yeah, 97, about... 97, 121, and 95. So not that sexy at all. <laughs> I'm just going to check something. I'm, I, sometimes there's some really crazy Merit's ones. Merit's the other one that could have a good one. Yep. Fun fact. Fun fact. So Will Sutterfield's break even's eighty five, and when he played out of position, he played nine. He got ninety eight, eighty two, and eighty six last three games versus Melbourne when he played a cup. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I find that interesting. Hundred percent. Wouldn't wouldn't captain him, but just for those who are looking at trading him because his break even's in the eighties. There you go. Um, the guy's still averaging one hundred and four, like crazy. Mm, it's just his last two games people are worried about. That's all. Anyway, Oliver and Grundy are the two for me from this game. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Uh, Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs at Adelaide Oval. Yep. Tim English. Tim English. Does this, this have shades of Connor Rosie actually pulling his fucking finger out and going like 160? I hope so, but it's not a derby, so it's not a showdown. Yeah, but it's more so Adelaide Oval. Like the, when when I think of... Because it's this fucking gather-round thing, I feel like that the two Adelaide teams will play really fucking well. And considering, like, if I know we're going to talk about the, the devil's fucking side of things at AFL Fantasy. When he does his AFL Fantasy, like, Port Adelaide are a really high-scoring fantasy team. And I know that there's no capped 3,300 in that, but 
I just I feel like they're just going to get so much of the fucking pill in this game in front of a home crowd. Uh, yeah, I'm playing I'm just... the Bulldogs, though. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah, Rosie's all over the shop against them. Really likes West Coast, though. Rosie <laughs> is all over the place, full stop. Yeah. 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 I feel like you... Yeah. Travis Boak is going to be Green cheaper Valley. than everyone soon. Um, there is a little bit of rain on the horizon as well for this weekend in Adelaide, so something to keep ooh, in mind. So someone with a little bit more polish should so score Victoria. a bit better. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> actually, Libba, POD of the year, whoever started Libba, he's going good. He is, yeah. Actually, what is his scoring like? I want to know what his scoring like is. He's in the top uh, six. No, no, against Port. I know he's I know he's up there. He's averaging one sixteen point five, but against Port, last three oh no, not good. One oh seven seventy five ninety six. Okay. Okay. There's really no port players. Tickle your fancy. None in this one. No. Bit of Adam Trelaw. No. <laughs> Fucking Adzi. Um Ah, we'll move on to Sunday. Sunday's game, Geelong versus West Coast at Adelaide Oval. Jeremy Cameron. Yeah. You you can just see it happening. It's going to be a slut. Reckon he can break 200? He could. He could. Surely if he can kick seven goals last week, he can kick about six or five this week. Um, A real left fielder, Barras. Hopefully he scores well enough to be a captain option because I'm bringing him in. Yep. Uh, Tim Kelly against his old team? Nah. That's a good shout. I don't I don't know. He did score well against him last year. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a good shout, man. Uh, <laughs> move it on. Moving on. Can we do an old man Hearn check? <laughs> I just want to... <laughs> Need a rubber glove. Um, ooh, old man Hearn, Jesus, he took a dive last week. Absolute dive. So he's a guy in 110, 91, 89, 65. He's on the decline. Retirement village time. Trade him to Geelong. He <laughs> <laughs> he's auditioning this week. <laughs> he is. Uh, um, no one else? No, next game. No. Giants versus Hawthorne at Norwood in wet, wet conditions. Josh Kelly. Yeah, Josh Kelly. Clear up a little bit by Sunday. Um, this is always this is hard because we don't know who McGuinness is going to go to. He won't go to Tom Green. No, I don't think he's big enough to go to Green. So it's either Josh Kelly or they try and lock up on a Whitfield sort. But I can't see that happening. So you know how to lock up Whitfield right now. Yeah, he looked right last week. Yeah, when there's a little bit of wetness and put him a little bit under pressure, he kicks it to your team like the opposition. Then they score around rebound and kick a goal. I really like Tom Green. I think he'll have a really nice game. Um, and yeah. Camilio bounce back as well. Yeah, don't mind that shout. Um, or Finn McGuinness does something completely different and goes straight to Toby Green and doesn't let him play high up the field. And just gets under his skin. I can see that happening, but I don't think McGuinness has played a bunch in defense. So, mm. um, Last one. Collingwood versus St Kilda. You said Romar. Yeah, Disco. I do really like Roman Marshall against Disco. the Ruckless. Collingwood. Um, Rowan Marshall scored 124 against Collingwood last year in round one, playing as this old ruck because um, old man Paddy missed round one last year. Um, and yeah, the obvious one, Disco Dacos. Um, now, 
We just don't know what Ross Lyon has in store. Um, he's probably got something in store for Dacos, though. So imagine if he comes out and tags Pendlebury. I mean, <laughs> imagine. Did he tag Chera in round one? Uh, not Chera. Um, a really random Frio midfielder in round one. Uh, no, he went Sarong. So it looks like he was Sarong, right, to be yeah, honest. Which is a bit random. So yeah, but I, Sarong's I, their I, highest averaging mid at the moment. True. So that makes that makes sense. I just feel like St Kilda have a few of those guys that could do a run with roll on a day cost and probably do it okay. Guys like Mitch Owens who have done it before, Wind Hager. I feel like Ross Lyon will do something with day cost. Um, in saying that, he's averaging 135, and there's a yep. couple of attempted tags in that run. So it's going to get to a point soon where unless he's playing against Hawthorne. Um, he may well not be an issue with the tag and you just do it anyway. And his score might be 110 like he scored last week. Yep. Don't mind it. Anyway, Pato, you got uh, anything else you want to say? What Twitter handles, shit like that? Uh, yeah, PA at B-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C is my Twitter. Um, just take it easy. Take a chill pill. There's a lot of people that aren't enjoying their super coach right now and I can understand. I do get it. Um, if you are totally disillusioned in sitting in like six digits ranking, like in the hundred thousands, just pivot a little bit. Don't, don't let it ruin your weekend, ruin your life. Um, just pivot, just try and target a buy round or something and try and get a weekly out of that. Try and have some fun and pick some PODs that you really like playing guys like Cozzy Pickett. Um, everyone has Disco Dacos anyway, just, just try and have a little bit of fun with it. Um, and I think a really fun way of playing Supercoach is jumping on those PODs. And sure, it can backfire, but getting a POD that scores 130 and wins you a league matchup or something is really exciting to me. So just don't lose heart. Don't lose faith. It will get better. Just try and relax. Um, try not to drop below 30 trades. And um, yeah, just, just it's all good. It's okay. It's, it'll, Unlike it'll... me, who is going to be below 30 trades. Yikes. Yeah, it's fucking shit, man. Anyway, I got Zebel out of it. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> anyway, mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S triple C. Um, find us on Facebook as well, Supercoach Co-Captains. Um, yeah, the podcast goes up on there. It goes up on Twitter. It goes up on fucking every single fucking thing under the sun that you can think of. Um, yeah, Let's give us a listen. Obviously, you are now. Keep doing <laughs> I was going to say, if people are listening, <laughs> they know where to find <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm tired, man. Um, so from us at the Supercoach Co Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing. Oh, fuck off. Sleep this one out. <laughs>